Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Take your seats, please. Thank you, Lord. Welcome into God's presence this morning. And um, my Lord and my God, and let's welcome our online and television audience as well. And um, if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, conscious of the fact that some people on the uh, television are living in some of the places I have to look at dead on the map. So if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, stop by. You are much a, much a part of this family as well. But whenever you are in the area, make it a point to stop by and we will be happy to have you. But the Bible talks about the fact that, go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 22 says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Let's stop right there. One time somebody went to heaven and they had a visitation. And this person said that they saw angels visit church services. And sometimes they will observe how people worship the Lord. They will observe how people give, the attitude in which they give. So when we gather, you may not see them, but they are around. Innumerable company of angels. And then notice this also, because sometimes someone will say, oh, why do I even need to go to church? To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. To God, the judge of all. And notice this, to the spirits of just men made perfect. The spirits of just men made perfect. Righteous people that are now in heaven. They observe. You see, they are interested in what's going on in your life spiritually. In the prior verses, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he talks about that they are watching the cloud, heavenly cloud of witnesses. They are watching you run your race. They are watching you. Are you making spiritual progress? I pray in the name of Jesus that as they watch you, they will see good things. I said they will see good things. I said they will see good things in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. All right, in this season, we have been talking about being fruitful for the Lord. Fruitful for the Lord. We'll continue where we left off last week, but let's go over some of the highlights, and then we'll continue. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so happy. I just, I just love God. <laughs> I just love Jesus. <laughs> Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know what you are going to do, but as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. <laughs> as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is the greatest life you can live. To serve the Lord, to yield your life completely to the Lord. He was at the end of his race. And getting ready to go. And he was just telling the people. Uh, look. The greatest thing that you can do. Is to serve the Lord. And make a choice. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. Choose for yourself this day whom you serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house. We've made our decision. We are going to serve the Lord. <laughs> Make that decision today if you haven't already. 
And verse 24, and the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice will obey. In other words, we are going to come on your side. Forget about those gods. They are not helping us. They can't help us. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Make that decision. This is not my notes, but sometimes it's good to follow the Holy Spirit. <laughs> As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jesus made this statement. Uh, we were talking about the fact that to be fruitful, it starts with service. That's what makes the difference. The people, in when Jesus was getting ready to leave, they were looking for positions. The mother of these disciples, some of the disciples, came to Jesus, and when she came to Jesus, Matthew chapter 20 verse 20 says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from, from, from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit on your right hand and on the left in your kingdom. Then Jesus said, No, you have it all. You don't have this thing right. If they sit on the right and another person sits on the left, um, on God's throne, where is Jesus going to sit? They've already pushed him out of the way. <laughs> then he said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They said, yeah, we are able. This, whatever the baptism is, we are interested. Those were the same people in the Garden of Gethsemane, nowhere to be found. When the soldiers came, they all bolted and left Jesus. <laughs> they said, we, are, we, can't, we, what, what, we, can't, we can't do this. <laughs> they want the throne, but they don't want the baptism. You see, your true friends are the ones that stick with you when it's, when it's hard. Come water high, water low, water they are with you. Loyal friends. They will never leave you. They are with you. They left. Then Jesus Christ said that in verse 24, Matthew 20, 24, and when the ten had heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Key issue. Please put up that triangle again. So the world has a different mindset about greatness. From the world's standpoint, the person who is the great person is the one that is being said. Jesus said, no, this is not how it works. When he was getting ready, in John chapter 13, verse 9 to 17, and when dinner was ended, he stooped down and washed the disciples' feet. No, no, none of them wanted to do it. That was a job that is reserved for the servant of the house. But in the kingdom, let's look at the next triangle. In the kingdom of God, Jesus is saying 
that the person who will be chief, the person who will be great, the person who will be first, is the one that is doing the service. How we live our lives for God and then serve others. Notice this in John chapter 13 verse 15. It says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I, saw to you, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. So the more you love God and serve him and serve other people, the greater you are in the kingdom of God. There are five people we are called to serve. I'm just, we're just going over the highlights and then and we'll pick up. We'll continue. The first one is you are called to serve God. Like Joshua said, serve God. And we serve him because of what he has done for us. And we serve him with gladness. Psalm 100 verse 2. And we serve him because he's so good to us. And we don't serve gradually. We serve gladly. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 47 to 48. It says the difficulties are because you refuse. Let's read it. Deuteronomy 28 verse 47. Deuteronomy 28 verse 47. He says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, in need of everything. And he will put a yoke on your, of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Serve joyfully. Serve gladly. Psalm 100 verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Serve him gladly. He's good to you. Amen. Thank you Lord. And then 2. We serve the family of God. The people that we are called to serve. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 10. Galatians 6 verse 10. Let's do good to the household. To all and then to especially to those of the household of faith. And then three, obviously we said our immediate family members also. Very important. When they are elderly, we serve them. Be there for them. The things that we do for our other family members. And then four, our fellow human beings. In Galatians Notice this. He says, do good to all. Let's read it. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So good to all, your fellow human beings. That's the full category. And then especially those of the household of faith. Galatians 5.22, First Timothy chapter 5, verse 4, and then verse 8 points that out to us as well. And then, five, we serve the stranger, the outcast of society. That's what good, the good Samaritan did. The poor, the needy. We serve them as well. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 48. Luke 6, 20 to 49. 
James 2, 5 to 18, Mark, Matthew 5, 3 to 48, Luke 6, 20 to 49, James 2, 15 to 18. Now, let's go a step further. You are called to make a difference. Each one of us is called to make a difference. One time in Judges chapter 6, God comes to um, Gideon. An angel comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, mighty man of valor. He says, who are you talking to? I'm no mighty man of valor. No, 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 no. <laughs> look, is there somebody else around here you are talking to? <laughs> he said, look, we are the least. I'm the least. My life doesn't count. My life doesn't make a difference. I'm the forgotten, forgotten, ostracized. Whatever I can do, it won't change anything. And see, so many times, we look at ourselves from the natural standpoint. But for us to really make a difference, we have to change our identity and begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. Sometimes we say, I'm only one person. What difference can I make? Gideon said, not here. No, no, you are, you, I, think, I don't think you, you are the right person. I'm the least. I'm insignificant. My life doesn't count. Nobody knows us. We are all the way at the back. <laughs> but you see, God sees us and he sees us from the standpoint of what he can do through us. I'm a school teacher. I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm a business person. I mean, wh what difference can I make? And God kept, the angel kept talking to him and God kept dealing with him. He kept going back and forth. You see, a lot of the people in the Bible that God called, he said, no, no, look at Moses. We were talking about him that, uh, the other Wednesday. He said, I'm a stammerer. I can't talk. God said, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> I made the mouth. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not an issue. No problem. You have air on here. Don't worry about it. It's, it's not a problem. They are looking for me in, in Egypt and you are saying I should go back. You know, you know, I will be with you. No, 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 no problem. Think about it. He delivered the whole nation with God. God comes to Gideon and says to Gideon, look, I'm going to use you to deliver the Midianites. He says, oh, no, 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 no. He says, if God is with us, where are all the miracles? Why are all these things happen to us? Notice what God said to him. Judges 6, 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianite. Have I not sent you? Go in this thy might. Start right from where you are. Go in this your might. Gideon said he wasn't sure. So he did what we call fleecing. He said to the Lord, look, I'm going to put 
a, a wool of fleece outside. Let it be dry on all the ground and let the fleece only be wet. God said, no problem, we can do that. Easy thing. They said, no, let it flip it the other way. Let it just be wet here. Let it just be dry on the fleece and let it be, I mean, wet all around. God said, no problem, whatever you need. This is a good place to take a side journey. He didn't have the Holy Spirit like we do. In the New Testament, we don't practice fleecing. Because sometimes people could, you can do that, they've done that and wrecked their life. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. If you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. And he will lead us and guide us through the Holy Spirit that indwells us. But sometimes people will use physical things and say, um, ask God to guide them that way. Lord, if I go to this church today and the pastor is wearing a yellow, <laughs> yellow shirt. <laughs> and let it be the place that, that you have for me. <laughs> for one thing, I don't have a yellow shirt, so if that's what you're going to be, no. <laughs> I like that. Um, that gentleman that said, I'm going to ask Mary to marry me. And if Mary says yes, then she's the one that you have for me. He went to ask Mary. At the last minute, before they were getting ready to, to get married, Mary ditched him for somebody, somebody else. It just affected him mentally. He ended up in the, in the mental institution. And when he got there, somebody came to visit him. And the person that came to visit him, um, they heard somebody else in the other cell banging their head on the wall. And they said, what, what's, what's wrong with this person? And they said, this is the person that married Mary. <laughs> so he was better off and he didn't know it. <laughs> That's not how you find out how God leads. <laughs> anyway, I thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> that was just a side of your journey, but some of this helps us as much as anything, anything else. So he didn't know what, what was going on. The Holy Spirit lives in us, so if you need God to lead you and to guide you, and he will guide you in every affair of life, you can ask him, and he will lead you and guide you. But eventually, Gideon yielded himself to the Lord, and with 300 people, he defeated thousands of people. But the thing that was stopping him and hindering him was the fact that he was stuck on this place that I am insignificant. What I can do, what difference will it make? But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, if you can yield your life to the Lord, as you yield your life to the Lord, God will take your life and use it for his glory. Amen. I said God will take your life and use it for his glory. Amen. Let me tell some more people. There was a certain lady in, in the book of Acts. Her name was Dorcas. And when one time Dorcas died, and when Dorcas died, Peter was in the area. 
and they sent for Peter and when Peter came Acts chapter 9 verse 36 says at Joppa there was a certain disciple notice just a lay person a disciple a follower a disciple means a student a learner a follower of the Lord Jesus named Tabitha which is translated Dorcas this woman was full of good works notice this and charitable deeds which she did remember we're talking about the fact that the people that die in the Lord your works follow you good deeds and charitable deeds which she did she could have said that what this my good works what difference would it make this my charitable deeds giving to the Lord giving to the poor taking care of others what difference does it make my tithes and my offerings all these things my time that I'm giving to God what does difference does it make it says that it happened in those days that she became sick and died and when they are was her they laid her in an upper room and since leader was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that peter was there they sent two men to him imploring him not to delay in coming to them then peter arose and went with them when he had come they brought him to the upper room and all the widows stood by him weeping notice this showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them so they called Peter and began to show Peter, look. Look at her good works, the tunics, the garments. What she did for us while she was alive. We can't let her die. It's too useful. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed and turning to the body, Tabitha said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. They were showing the works that she had done to them while she was around. He said, no, no, we can't let this person die. She had something. She said, I, I'm praying that your heavenly account will not be bankrupt. They called the pastor. If they didn't have a pastor, who would they call for in the day of trouble like this? And when they called Peter, they had something to stand on. We can't let this person die. Peter said, you, God has got this. You, you, all of you go out. They prayed. Peter prayed to the Lord. And sure enough, she was raised from the dead. Her fruit her works, what she had done, spoke for her in the day of adversity. Kenny Higgins tells a story of a certain man that he had in the church. He used to work in the oil fields. And one day, there was an accident. And as a result of the accident, the man got in a very critical condition. Something, something happened. When they were at the hospital, he said, I went to the hospital. They were talking to the doctor and the wife, and then the doctor was saying, um, the wife was telling Reverend Hagen that uh, the doctor doesn't think that my husband will make it. He said, Reverend Hagen said, no, but we, we have inside information. <laughs> there was the inside information. There is the information inside the Bible. Yes. So he was at the hospital, and he began to pray. And then he started pleading his case. 
with the Lord. Isaiah talks about the Father, come to the Lord and plead your case. And he said, Lord, I can't let this person die. This person might not make it till the morning. And he kept pacing back and forth. He said, and he said very softly, I began to pray under my breath. And I said, Lord, this person cannot die. This is the best Sunday school superintendent that I have. <laughs> I've had others, but sometimes they are just figure ahead. But this one person does the job. Someone doesn't show up, they will go and visit them. They will check on them. Do all that. I can't let this person die. This person not, not only gives his tithes, but gives 30% of his income to the church. If he goes, we, it's, it's not a good thing. I can't let him die. And he just kept praying and, and pleading the case. And after he prayed and came back, the, the nurse said, I thought he wasn't going to make it, but it looks like things are changing. He's going to make it. <laughs> but this person eventually came back. He was almost at the point, came back, and then on Sunday he showed up in church. And when he came back, he was testifying and saying, don't ever feel sorry for anybody that dies and goes to heaven. They wouldn't come on to come back here if, if they could. But he said, when I got up there, I met Jesus and I fell at his feet and I told him how much I love him. And I appreciate him. And he said, he pulled a curtain. And when he pulled the curtain, he heard his pastor praying, saying, I cannot, I cannot let him die. I need him. If, I, if you are the chief shepherd, I'm the under shepherd. If I need him, you need him. Yeah. And so he says, see, he won't let you come. You have to go back. He said, I don't want to go back. You know, so he said, your pastor won't <laughs> let you come. <laughs> and he was in church testifying. What if he didn't have a pastor? A church family. Someone will pray for him. Like, like Peter was doing here, or uh, the people were doing here, he was saying that, look, this person is useful to me. This person is useful to you, Lord. We can't let him die. I won't let him die. He said, no. He said, I want to stay. He said, no, you can't stay here. You have to go back. Your pastor says, I can't let, you can't let you come. <laughs> but you see, these were ordinary people. Dorcas was his disciple. She didn't say, what the good that I'm doing, how insignificant it is. What difference would it make? In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, your life will make a difference. Amen. I said, your life will make a difference. Amen. I said, your life will make a difference. Amen. I said, your life will make a difference. Amen. And you will not be spiritually bankrupt. Your life will be totally yielded to the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. One more person. Thank you, Lord. I, I like it. I like it when God, God does it this way. Luke chapter 2, verse 37. Thank you, Lord. Everybody at every stage in their lives can yield their lives to the Lord. It says, let's start from verse 36. It says, there was one Anna. A prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years 
who did not depart from the temple, but notice this, but serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. Don't, didn't leave the house of God. She's there. Pray, fasting. Elderly lady, giving her life and her time to the Lord, fasting and praying. Serving God with fasting and prayers night and day. Your fasting and your prayers are a form of service to God. She was actually fulfilling a spiritual law. Up to that point, the 400 years after Malachi, before Jesus Christ came, no prophet that we, are, we know of, Bible scholars call silent years, before Jesus Christ came. But before Jesus Christ was introduced into the earth, people were, she was fasting and praying and cooperating with God. And in the fullness of time, Jesus came on the scene. You see, ministry gifts are not just released. No. No, no, no. She was in, nobody knew her. She was in the temple. All she was doing is, somebody said, what, what, what good is just hiding in the temple and fasting and praying? What good would you do? <laughs> but when Jesus Christ came, was brought into the temple, she was one of the very first people to see Jesus and to recognize because she knew in the spirit, my Lord and my God. You will not be barren spiritually in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> your prayers, your f I mean, one time somebody went to heaven. They said, well, they were shocked. He said, I'm trying to get you ready so when you get there, you won't get any surprises. People that nobody knew them were, you see, they said the closer you get to the throne of God, the higher your rank. And the people that were close, some of the people that were close to them were people that nobody knew. Some of them were praying mothers. And they had served God faithfully in their generation. When you love God, you will do anything for people that you love. When you marry someone that you love, you don't say, oh, look at the sacrifices I'm making for you. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You will do anything. Especially when people are dating. It's not too, the person is not too far. They will get there. For instance, Thomas, I keep saying, don't call him Dr. Thomas. He won't appreciate it when you get up there because there's no <laughs> doubt. But Thomas went to South India as, after Jesus Christ left. And when you go to Chennai, there's, there's a whole church there for, as a memorial to him. Think about it. Jesus didn't go as far as India. It, no, he didn't, he didn't, no. <laughs> but Thomas went there, and that is why the southern part of India is Christian, mostly, uh, at least uh, a, lot, a lot of Christians. He, Jesus said, go in all the world and preach the gospel. That's why I said, don't call him doubting. He, that, he saw Jesus and he doubted, but he switched. He became a, became a true follower of the Lord. But the point is, when you love somebody, it doesn't, I mean, you, I mean, you will do anything. Uh, 
us. God is trying to get us to where our lives will make a difference. And our difference, in order for us to make a difference, it starts in our service to the Lord and to our fellow human beings. Love the Lord. That is the greatest commandment. And then love others and serve others. When you live life with that mindset, your life will count and your life will make a difference. The thing that hurts us the most, naturally human beings, we are selfish after the fall. But if we can think about others, and if we can get to the place where we genuinely love God and yield our lives to Him, by the time that you get to the end, you say, Wow, I thank you, Lord. My life was yielded completely to you. So the first key here is one, love the Lord with all, everything, everything. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35, one of the lawyer asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, what is the, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. This is where it all starts. When you make a decision to love the Lord with your all, your time, your talent, your treasure, totally yield it to the Lord. That is when you start the place where your fruitfulness starts, where your usefulness starts. And then the second one flows from that. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets and all the all the promises they hung right here on these two commandments hung all the law and the prophets thank you lord jesus thank god for his presence i see god taking your life and using it for his glory. But the decision has to be made. The Lord, I'm on your side. Lord, I love you. Lord, my life belongs to you. I thank God I started at a young age. For me, that's how I've always lived, for the most part. As a teenager. Every no matter what I, what is going on, I, I put I put God in it. 
God comes first. Whether I'm a student, doing whatever. It's how can I carve out some of my time for God? How can I carve out my finances for God? How can I serve somebody else? Serve, love God, and be a blessing. That was the secret of these patriarchs. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3, it said, And Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord. David, God calls him a man after his own heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus, there is a generation on the scene that are going to be passionate for the Lord, and you are one of them. They are going to love the Lord with their all. And as you do that, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see God taking your life and using it for his glory. Doesn't matter who you are. Someone may be watching and say, Pastor, you don't know me. You don't know my pastor. God, God knows. You are doing the same thing Gideon is doing. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> I'm the least. Because <laughs> no problem. We like least people. Yes. <laughs> I was talking about on Wednesday. Take the lame, the, the, the outcast. Because those people, they follow God wholeheartedly. If God says it, we are all in. <laughs> so don't let your power holds you back. Look and, I, and see yourself through the mirror of God's word and let God take your life and use it for his glory. Once God began to deal with Gideon, he began to see really who he was. And we can see ourselves through the word of God. Notice what the Bible says in James 1.22. He says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man or person he was. But notice. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. That's the key, continuity. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one, this one. This one, this one, this one, this one, this one will be blessed in what he does. Or in other words, he will be fruitful because the blessing in the, the beginning has to do with fruitfulness. This one, he looks in the perfect law of liberty. Doesn't forget, looks in that mirror. Of the word of God. This one. This one. 
I see you as that person. I said, I see you as that person. I said, I see you as that person. This one will be blessed. He'll be a failure. No, 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 no. No, no. God doesn't make failures. No. He will be blessed in what he does. I see you walking in the blessing in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I said, I see you walking in the blessing in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I said, I see you walking in the blessing in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. But it all starts with that decision that, Lord, I love you. Lord, I yield myself to you. Lord, you are the one that my life belongs to. I only have one life. And I yield it to you. And as you do, you will see the hand of God at work in your life. People will be testifying. See what they did. See what they did. What are you doing for the Lord? He's done all these things for us. What are you doing for him? We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.